there. Thanks for taking the time. I'm Stacy Nonamaker, and this is a Supporters Toolbox. Sometimes we just have to do hard things. And if you're like me, sometimes we'll procrastinate doing said hard things and instead go for the easier, less challenging thing first. But did you know that doing hard things teaches us to do other hard things? As supporters, we sometimes have to support and encourage others to do things that they deem hard. So let's talk about this thing that psychologists called learned industriousness. So what is it? What is learned industriousness? Well, it's about using things like rewards and reinforcements to create a feeling. Say what? Yep. We can build what is called a secondary reinforcer, which in this case is a feeling of a positive sensation that can become associated with working hard. The primary reinforcer here is doing the task you set out to do. So the equation is simple. It's you work hard, you're rewarded for working hard, and you begin to enjoy working hard. Dr. Eisenberger, a professor of psychology, hypothesized that if we do not learn industriousness, we default to laziness. He believed that parents can enforce this diligence and hardworking behavior, but emphatically believed coaches and teachers are in the best position to build these skills to learn this behavior. So how do coaches and teachers usually do that? In a previous podcast, I talked about how external rewards and reinforcement can sometimes squelch or reduce someone's intrinsic motivation or even minimize someone's beliefs about their control over their behavior or how they show up. Well, Eisenberger conducted several studies, in fact, many, many studies, just a few that I'll go through now, that makes me think a bit further about the role of external rewards and reinforcement, especially as it's related to supporting someone to build and reap the benefits of industriousness. In one study, they found that among employees working in various occupations, expected reward for high performance was positively related to performance pressure, perceived self-determination, and intrinsic job interests. A second study just simply replicated that first one, and the results also show positive relationship to employees' performance reward expectancy and performance pressure with supervisors' rating of creative performance. And in yet another study, they found that college students who got rewards experienced high performance and increased performance pressure, which in turn was positively related to intrinsic interests and creativity. So you heard me just say that the outcomes in these studies was on performance and something called performance pressure. And like me, when I first heard it, you're probably thinking, what the heck is performance pressure? Well, it's an attitude system or mindset that gets people toward achieving the performance needed to attain the desired goal. So think of those times when even the task was daunting, may have been difficult, but you put your mind to it, you sucked it up, and you got it done. That, my friends, is performance pressure. 
The other interesting thing Eisenberger found in their studies was that when people believe they can obtain rewards by being creative, they become more creative. And pay attention here. They found that reward for high performance increases perceived self-determination and perceived competence, both of which ultimately increases the enjoyment of a task. So here is where I need to pause and I need to make a note about rewards and reinforcers, especially for those of you who are supporting people in state and federally funded programs. I'm talking about those rewards that we all experience in life, not a structured reward system. I mean, something like telling someone that you're so happy that they attempted something challenging and you suggest that you go celebrate with a cup of coffee at a cafe. So to me, when I say rewards and reinforcements, it's about supporting individuals to experience the benefits of those things in the same way you and I do every day. So if Eisenberger is right, that people can build their industriousness even on tasks that are not preferred, and that bringing rewards into play when someone is building this behavior may only increase intrinsic motivation to at least try hard things, increase performance, and can generalize to other hard things, then we should be thinking about setting high standards or bars that is just out of someone's reach instead of doing what we tend to do. Play it safe, make sure someone achieves the outcomes or goals relatively quickly, or that they do something that they can easily do. When it comes to learned industriousness, here is where you need to think of yourself as a coach or a teacher for the person you support. Dr. Angela Duckworth, who I have mentioned before as the author of the book Grit, said her family practices industriousness by doing one hard thing. That is, they each pick one hard thing to do and work at, whether it is ballet, writing a book, learning an instrument, or simply doing that thing that you haven't ever done, like learning to change the oil in your car. The idea here is to always have one hard thing that someone can work at, find rewards to motivate them if needed, and watch as they meet the challenge. And hopefully, they then become willing to do hard things over and over again. Some say this is a never-ending cycle of discipline and industriousness leading to achievement and desired outcomes. And when rewarded, we become more disciplined and industrious and around and around. It doesn't hurt to see if we can kickstart this cycle with the people we support by stepping out of that safe zone and challenge them to try one hard thing. Again, thanks for taking the time. I know you're busy. Hoping you took one thing away that can make today a better day for the person you support. Bye now. <laughs>